0: Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation, or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. That
1: bumper music is provided by Tommy Brunette from Fairport, New York. Good friend of this uh, show. This is uh, Sheriff Todd Baxter welcoming you back to episode number 49, chatting with Chiefs and a Sergeant from the Fairport PD. Today, uh, Tommy Brunette, Fairport. Got the bumper music perfect, and then we got Fairport PD. My guest, uh, Chief Ferina. How are you doing, Chief?
2: I'm doing awesome. How are you, great Sheriff? Great to have you
1: back at the Sheriff's if, office. I think you wore the star a couple times, huh? I
2: wore the star for almost
1: 20 years. God bless. God bless. We'll talk more about that and. uh Sergeant Matthew Barnes of the Fairport Police Department. How you doing, Matt? Good. How are you, Sheriff? Thanks, Thanks for having us. Absolutely, good to have you here. Uh, we always start out with just a quick introduction of who you guys are. We're trying to describe who's behind these badges, whether they're wearing the sheriff's star or another police department, or who supports us in the community. And uh, Chief, I can talk a little bit about you, but here's a chance to talk about your little, yourself a little bit. Who are you? What makes you tick? Where's your your resume? Anything you want to talk about, Niagara Niagara University, how you're not allowed back on campus?
2: Well, that story is somewhat true. (laughs) It was just for 30 days, though. Uh, No, it's great to be here with you, Sheriff. I have the privilege and honor of working for the Sheriff's Office at one time for almost 20 years, uh, left as a commander. Went on to work uh, a proud member of the Rochester Police Department as a deputy chief there and uh, commander of special operations. Funny enough, you happened to work there I at the did. same time, and you were one of my subordinates. I worked for you. Yes. Exactly. And can I talk about the counseling session now? Is it still... A yeah, f- that, was,
1: that was professional growth, and you gave that to me? Gotcha. No. It was training.
2: Yeah. It wasn't really uh, counseling. Uh, mm. It was great to, to work with you at the city, and uh, once I, uh, I left the city, retired, and thought I was uh, retiring down to uh, North Carolina, but uh, life brought on new challenges for me, and I was blessed with uh, six... Well, son, now who's six years old oh, wow. today, so I had to come back up here to New York and, and be a dad and a baseball coach and a hockey coach. So <laughs> it's it's a, it's a great thing to have uh, that ability and, and also the privilege of working for the great uh, folks in Fairport, New York. It's so a
1: great village, isn't it? Just, love it. Yeah.
2: Uh, it's really the destination for Munner County now, entertainment destination.
1: Well, being a Westsider, I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, I do like to visit.
2: Uh, I'm a West Sider and I converted, so I'm an East Sider, uh, true and true now. And uh, and I do uh, do like the fact that we have a lot of uh, uh, music, uh, a yeah. lot of restaurants, a lot of bars, and a lot of uh, very uh, a very good vibe in Fairport for coming out and enjoying yourself and enjoying the the good things
1: in life. No, absolutely, and uh, so we spent a little time at Iron Smoke with Tommy Burnett, who did that bumper music, like I said, and that's just the type of talent you have in that town. It's amazing the people running around. And then Sar- Sergeant Matthew Barnes. How are you, Sheriff? I'm doing good. How are good you morning doing, to you guys?
0: Thanks for having us, Matthew.
1: How are you? Good, sir. Good, Matthew is uh, the other Matthew behind the badge. Uh, he's our mixer today. Sergeant Matt Patone from the sheriff's office, trying to be quiet at the other end, but uh, we'll give him a microphone sooner or later. I think he needs to join this banter. Absolutely. Yeah. So Matt Barnes, tell us a little bit about
0: yourself. Pretty reserved, uh, boring guy. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> there's not there's not that a whole lot. So. Show. <laughs> yeah. So uh, worked out in Fairport now twenty something years. So I got almost twenty. 23 plus on the job so uh chief is right fairport is a is a great town it really is so i think it's the best community in rochester obviously i might be a little um biased towards that but i i really do so it is the safest
2: as far as uh policing the the best uh, response chief highest clearance rate uh, zero (laughs) zero crime it's the place to be
1: all right, I'm not going to argue But that that's all because I, I of that. I didn't look up any stats before the show, so I'm going to go with you for right now. But uh, No need to fact check. It's no going to, to be there. So, uh, Sarge, uh, you're were, you were kind of modest there. A large family. I think you grew up in a uh, around a, a Finger Lake. And you want me to tell the stories, or are going to introduce no, yourself? No, we're good. We, we can focus we're good. on you guys. This is behind the badge, <laughs> not how behind b- the barns. <laughs> oh, very nice. How many brothers and sisters?
0: Yes, yeah, so I got uh, seven sisters, two you brothers. Yeah. We yeah. grew up in a large family down in the Finger Lakes, but um, That's awesome. everyone's still healthy. Everyone's good, so. Just
1: spend a little time in the United States
0: Army, I think. Yep, I'm little time. Uh, out of here. Don't force it. Okay. Let's, let's talk go. other Let's things. talk other airborne. Like, airborne. We like to tell people about <laughs> our, our... Yeah, yep. So it was my <laughs> pleasure to serve, uh, obviously, in the United States Armed Forces, and uh, now my pleasure to serve for uh, in the policing for a few more years.
1: And I like how you uh, put that. When we... Uh, we do these episodes, especially you know, bringing on our guests, almost every cop we talk to, almost everyone serves somewhere else. You know, whether they served their country or they volunteered at a local nonprofit, they're on the board of directors. Sorry, Matt Patone's a, a volunteer firefighter, spent how many hours fighting a fire the other day and then calls me, at, you know, I'm calling him at eight o'clock in the morning for his real job and he was out there volunteering all night fighting a fire. Uh, that's what makes us, you know, and that's, that's, that's why I think these podcasts are so important. I, I need people to understand who's behind that badge and what these guys and gals do. Um, and going back to the chief, you had a little time with the FBI?
2: I did. I yeah. spent a year with the FBI working in the Washington field office.
1: That's awesome. What a and great experience.
2: It was an incredible experience.
1: Yeah, and that makes you well-rounded. I mean, you're, you're, when I think about law enforcement executives, you know, I call you a lot because you have so much experience, You know, not just one uh, department. I think that's important, that diversity of leadership and diversity of ideas is very important.
2: I hope I give you good advice when you call.
1: Well, I call just to validate what I'm not going to do. Oh, you know, perfect. I, yeah, that that's, the like, idea. that's about right. <laughs> Shots fired. And it starts. It. I, I it's drew, all downhill I drew from blood. I I thought drew. this was a family show. And you can see folks that are listening to the podcast, what type of relationship we have in this law enforcement community here in Monroe <laughs> County. Uh, you know, we, we, we joke together a lot, but also uh, blood, sweat, and tears a lot. You know, and unfortunately, it's the nature of our business. Uh, so what led to, Chief, what led you into law enforcement? What what, what did it make you think of the, the job?
2: It's, It was a love to serve the community. Yeah. It's a calling. Yeah. It really is. And I, I would think most people in this profession uh, would agree. And it's something I always wanted to do uh, in high school mm-hmm. and just never deviated from it. I did go to Niagara University where they taught me some good Catholic values yeah, on top of uh, criminal it. justice. And I use the criminal justice values more than the Catholic values sometimes, but oh, I'm trying my yeah, best.
1: Yeah. They compliment each other. They do. They do. They, they do. definitely compliment each other. And uh, and Sergeant Barnes, uh, uh, I'm going to assume I, I know in your service to the United States Army and and, and, and
0: working as a cop, roached your first couple of years, right? Yeah.
1: You know, same thing. What led what what led you into law enforcement?
0: Yeah. So I never really thought about becoming a you know a cop or anything like that mm-hmm. growing up. It just never really entered my my uh, head. Um, I was home on leave from the army as you as you mentioned, and uh, I did ride along with my older brother. Uh, Paul, uh, who worked for the RPD at the time and, mm-hmm. uh, did a ride along, ride along in Highland section one night. Okay. And, uh, like I said, I never really thought about it. And I thought after the ride along, I'm like, this is the most interesting thing I've ever done. It really was. Wow. I just, uh, I got the bug, if you will, right. you know, for lack of better terms. And from then on out, I started taking the exams, got hired by our RPD, mm-hmm. uh, work Clinton section, uh, third platoon, which uh, as you yeah, know, a uh, very busy section. Yeah. So you get, uh um, you know, a ton of calls. And I think that's how you learn the job, but ended up in Fairport. Brian Page was the, uh, an old homicide, uh, captain in RPD. And he went out to Fairport, took over the chief's job after he went to, uh, I believe Ithaca became the chief. Then he went to Fairport, ended up hiring me and hired my brother and hired Serb Chavachev, if you remember, yeah, Serge, sure. and uh, a couple of RPD guys. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm very, very pleased and, uh, very blessed that, uh, I'm upright, you know, and healthy after uh, X amount of years. Really right. am. I yeah. don't take that for granted at all. No, life
1: is precious, and we shouldn't. You know, it's we see too many times our people are cut short, and especially in our job description, we see great families destroyed with a motor vehicle accident or something. You know, we've got to count our blessings. Yeah. We've got to count them blessings. Chief, uh, so Niagara University, uh, right in the sheriff's office after the, at the NU, or did you?
2: Uh, right after Three months after I graduated, really? I was blessed to uh, to get the job. Actually, I was offered the job uh, the first time around when I was still a junior at Niagara. Uh, but there was a sergeant at the time, Sergeant Joe Janier. Yeah, I don't know if uh, that name rings a bell yeah. with anybody yeah. out there. He's a judge out in Round Bang! He's
1: uh yeah. <laughs> He's a personality. <laughs> he
2: uh, he called me in the office said I want to offer you the job, but I want you to finish your education first. So he okay. said, uh, go through the process again. We'll be sure to hire you and to. To his benefit, I'm glad I made that decision. He helped me make that decision, and I, uh, I ended up going back through the process again, but getting hired, but I got my education.
1: Geez, I never knew he was responsible for this.
2: He's not responsible for a lot, but I guess that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. one thing he is responsible
1: for. And now his son works for me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Great, great sergeant. So... Uh, you, you've been with the Rochester Police Department. Uh, you've been in the FBI. Oh. You've been with the Fairport Police Department. You've been with the Sheriff's Office. Like you said, started your career here for twenty some years. What you know, we talked about why you became a cop, but you know, what type of police work? I mean, take it back through your whole career, all the way through Chief and, and Commander here, which are high high positions. You know, what type of police work did you like to do? I mean, when you were a road cop, pushing the beat car and. You know, what was your forte? What did you, you enjoy?
2: My, my favorite was uh, being a sergeant yeah. on the road yeah. and uh, having the ability to uh, have 12 dedicated uh, individuals that fall under your command, right. mold them the way you want, and deliver the best service you can. And I think that was the most fun because you would go to all the good calls as a sergeant, right? right. So it was an opportunity to get to all the uh, the hot calls and, and try to manage those, but it was also an opportunity to, to influence and do well for 12 14 people uh, that worked under your command. Yeah. enjoyed that pe-
0: uh, the most. So what the being chief meant chief. to say is he he really <laughs> enjoys being the chief of the Fairport Police Department, the best <laughs> out of all the spots that he's had over the years. Good cover. Good cover. <laughs> yeah.
1: And we'll segue over to a current sergeant. You said that's the best. I, I truly believe in Sergeant Batone down there with them chevrons on. Uh, I don't know how many times I say it in my organization that I always say, that's sergeant's business. You know, there's, there's things that that float to my level and, and your level as chief, like the sergeant should have took care of it a long time ago, whether it's a discipline issue or taking care of a family issue or something that one of our officers is happening. Uh, the whole police department, whether it's a smaller police or a bigger one, really revolves around those first-line leaders. They're Absolutely. so key in a law enforcement entity. Uh, you know, sheriffs, I couldn't possibly know what's going on in the C-Zone at 3 o'clock in the morning or, or in the jail. People don't want it. That'd be micromanaging. And I wouldn't get my job done, like budgets and manpower and things like that, so... Uh, let's talk to a sergeant, Sarge. What? It's a whole different world on the road now, right? When when the chief and I were sergeants, you know, life changes, the environments change, the world changes. So, what, what what makes you concerned when you do a, you know you put your guys on the road? You guys hit the road, and you know, what, what's what's Wilson it like to be a sergeant today uh, as opposed to what you think we went through back years ago?
0: You know, most of the news items that you guys see, the news clips I think anyone sees on the news has to do with a sergeant or below. Right. It's not usually the chief doing something or a captain or a commander or something like that. Let's take last year's uh, you know, riots in the city of Rochester. Those mm-hmm. those skirmish lines are run by sergeants, you know, um, and the patrolmen and the and the deputies and the and the street level guys, you know, and, and it that's kind of a big deal because whatever decision sergeants makes, obviously you guys vicarious have to answer line. for that vicarious liability that you guys uh uh encompass when uh you take the oath so it's kind of a big deal who you promote sergeants you and i sheriff have had numerous discussions on leadership over the years and um you know there's certain paths to leadership that uh we wish we could get to that we we can't you know Mm -hmm. due to the current system of hiring and and protocols and stuff like that but uh leadership is a big deal it really is is. And and it starts obviously not at the sergeant position but it's a patrolman or the Deputy Sheriff for the regular street composition. and I think that's where you learn the job. And obviously, in the in the sergeant's job as your first line supervisor, um, you know, I think that's where you implement what you've learned and and what you know. So, mm-hmm. and we've had on this podcast, we've had uh, General John Patisse, two-star
1: general, uh, led a division in Iraq. We've had uh, you know Gary Biker uh, talking about values. The general talked about values. Uh, we've had a SEAL Team Six member on here, uh, Mark Wilmot. Uh, talked about values for for a specialized team like that. You know, I think that's really what sergeant's business is, instilling values, upholding standards of of this function, and then making sure your people are safe, right? Making sure they go home safe in in the most uncontrollable environment that's being a police officer. We have no idea where we're going and what's going to happen in the next three minutes, ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, making sure your people are safe. But, uh, you know, we're always based on those values. And and I got it from a two-star to a Medal of Honor winner to a SEAL Team 6 member, uh, NCO level, right? And... That's, that's sergeant's business. That's, that's, a, lot of, that's a, lot of, a lot of responsibility with not a lot of pay in the law enforcement area. You don't get that much more money for
0: it. Your most vital resource, and I think everyone sitting at this table knows this, is your personnel. We all know that. I don't care what your job is. I don't care what your tradecraft is. I don't care if you're the head of Google or the head of a sheriff's department, police right. department. I don't care if you have nothing to do with law enforcement and military. Your most vital resource is your personnel. Right. I just sent you an article last week. Exactly. It was a Google article that discussed how yeah. they're treated uh Uh, in taking new personnel so it's just it's so important and I can't believe so many people overlook that yeah and that's a great segue to my next question for the
1: chief you know you you, all these police departments you've been part of onboarding law enforcement officers is not an easy thing and we're trying to work on that right now with civil service New York City civil services they're not bad people it's the bureaucracy and the broken system that's it's allowing us not allowing us to do things we need to do as chief executive officers which could include diversifying our organizations, but let alone bringing the right people to the table that need to be cops or should be cops. Um, so with that being said, you know, it, when it comes to promotions within all, all those police departments you work, or it came into hiring, you know, what would be your dream, uh, uh, what do you look for? I mean, what, what's, what's the attributes you're looking for as a, as a new deputy, a new police officer, uh, if someone's listening to the show and saying, I think I have, what, I'm not sure if I could be a cop though. But, you know, what, what, what do you look for at the end of the day?
2: I look for a good communicator. Yeah. Somebody who cares. Uh. Somebody that's going to make good decisions. Good common sense. Right. So that's that's a tall order in itself, right? To, to find somebody like that and somebody that has the passion to do this job. It's right. a it's a, sometimes it could be a very challenging job, but most of the time it is a very challenging job. But you have to look past the challenge and look more to making a difference. Right. So you're looking for those those key values in somebody that you want to uh, to do the job. Do it with confidence, competence,
1: and that's what uh, the type of person that I would look for. Yeah, you, know, you speak of it in this funny small world, Fairport. I was in Fairport the other day having lunch, sitting there minding my own business, a friend of mine from Niagara Falls, retired police officer. Uh, we're chatting, and, and the waitress at a, at a restaurant in Fairport was just, she had such an outgoing personality. And and uh, she had this funky green hair, right? So you wouldn't think of a potential cop, but her personality said cop all over it. She was, she was energetic. She was talking. And, and like you said, just to, I handed her a business card by the time we're done. I said, like, if you ever think about being a cop, I think you got what it takes. And, and it was her ability to communicate with people. It was her ability to talk to people. And, and she was hesitant. You know, I think it was her green hair. And, you know, she might have to change it back to a non-green <laughs> hair. And, you know, but hey, we love those personalities on the job because 90% of this job is talking, talking and listening. And uh, so, you know, going back to uh, another, you know, question for you, Matt, and, and, you know, being a cop for all these years, working in the city, working in Fairport, what, what, what's the most difficult jobs you run across? What, what, what keeps you awake at night after you left that job and, and, they, and they never go away? They're, they're with us for the rest of our lives, those experiences we have to stumble upon.
0: I mean, keeping you awake, and I, I don't know, it's, you're always second-guessing like yourself because of the liability. I all mean, right. let's, let's put that out there, right? Yeah. But besides the liability... Um, cause no one wants to lose their job. No one wants to get sued, lose their house, the whole nine yards. Um, everyone always says the kids, but come on, kids really, yeah. they don't do anything to anyone in life. You know, if someone hurts a kid or something traumatic happens to a kid, you tend to, it tends to stick with you. Right. right. Um, I, I don't know. I try not to, it's easy to say, not let it bother you, but I try not to let stuff bother you. Right. I really don't. Um. But you do the best you can every day. Some days we, we fail miserably. Some days we succeed greatly, right? Right. You know, I've, I have off days like anyone. You know, I'm sure there's some people out there, if they ever hear this, like, oh, that guy's a jerk. You know, and other guys are saying, God, he's, he's not that bad of a guy. So hopefully I got more than not that bad of a guy versus uh, he's a jerk, right? <laughs> well, we're working on that. <laughs>
1: Fifty-fifty. Oh, I'm <laughs> trying to be nice here. Like the, I'm like, feel like the uh, lady justice here. Trying to, the scales are going. Maybe, man. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, maybe. So let's let's take it a little bit out of law enforcement. Uh, anybody want to answer that? Uh, no. Mrs. No, Baxter's okay. calling. So, I do. Uh, actually, yeah, I do. I <laughs> do. Well, Ted, caller number twenty-seven. Mary Spatone, I had the ringer off, right? Uh, give me Sir. credit. So I just. So uh, outside of law enforcement, uh, Sergeant Barnes, we might spend some time together uh, doing some other things, and uh, yes, we've had this opportunity to talk about this Baja thing uh, yeah. where I spent 18 hours in a VW Bug. If you don't know uh, Sergeant Barnes, he's a little bigger than I am, we're, we're bouncing around for 18 hours in a VW Bug and you know, flipping over and breaking things and meeting the great Mexican people that supported <laughs> us and helped us and giving them $100 to get us out of a ditch, right? <laughs> uh, so we do the Baja the Baja race together. and. Uh, how has Johnny come lately in this whole program? You know, wh- What was your passion? Why'd you build the VW Bug? Why'd you build a, you know, we're, we're going against mo- mo- trophy trucks over a million dollar trophy trucks. You decide I'm going to build a Bug and we're going to do this in a two wheel drive, four cylinder car, the Baja, the, the world's toughest off-road race. Uh, besides being an airborne trooper, what what drives you to do silly things it was a like that? Dumb idea. <laughs> it was a dumb just idea.
0: a dumb idea. <laughs> One of my finest dumb ideas. Um, so
1: talk, talk about the passion of that, and maybe a little bit about the Baja.
0: Yeah. So Baja One Thousand for you guys that don't know the Sheriff Touchdown. It's a off road race. Um, you can enter anything, but there's uh, strict rules to it as far as what you bring. So it started ten years ago for us. We built a car in our in our barn. Literally, me and uh, another guy. I was the labor. He was the brains. Uh, took us six years to build a car, and mm-hmm. obviously we've gone out there. This will be our fourth time out there, our third time racing it. But um, it's a brutal race. It is. It is an absolute brutal. It's a grind. You almost have to shut Can your I just, brain I off. i got to
1: chime in there. I've done 10 marathons, right, and this is worse than doing a marathon. I'm physically and mentally more spent at the end of one of these races than a marathon.
0: So the sheriff's blamed me for roll. Uh, we rolled down a mountain a couple years I ago. I wasn't
1: driving. Who else am I going to blame?
0: I was the passenger. But he was in charge of the route we took.
1: What's the options?
0: He told me to go up a mountain, so I went up the mountain, and we came down the mountain on our roof. I, said, I should have clarified.
1: Go up the mountain on the road. Stay on the road.
0: So uh, a couple of Mexican nationals uh, stopped and helped us flip over, which was very nice. And It was. In the, in the middle of flipping this car over, I look over, and I go, what are you doing? And the sheriff has taken pictures of us <laughs> flipping the car over and he says, We have to document these things, Barnesy. We have to document these things. <laughs> we're
1: upside down. No, our feet were facing the air at that time. Yeah.
0: So Where were they supposed to be. Dumb, Baja. dumb, dumb idea. But we're going back this we're year November. Back. Yeah, one more time and uh, see if we can't get it done. And as you uh, you you say all the time, you know, we're not there to win it. We're
1: we're no. there just to beat no. the Baja. Yeah. <laughs> it's beat us up bad a couple of years and uh, last time we are down there, it was a monsoon literally before. The day before, they had to postpone the race because half of it was washed out. That was an 800-mile race, and they didn't have enough of the course. And, and our bug ended up picking them I would say, I always estimate it's like a fishing story. I gain a couple pounds every time I tell this, but probably six, 700 pounds of mud ended up inside the vehicle from the mud. You know, and we're talking a yeah. four-cylinder car. It, it can't use a lot of extra no. pressure on it, let alone climbing those mountains. That's right.
0: So right now, we have the car all apart. Uh, the sheriff's been out to... The- Help us with it. Uh, he's coming out uh, this week. We have a meeting uh, this week, so uh, we'll continue building it. Um, if anyone wants to be interested or is interested and wants to be a part of it, uh, let us know. Reach out to the sheriff or myself, and uh, we'll sit down and tell you about it, show you the car or whatever. We're uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, uh, just going back in November to try to get it done. We'll see. And uh, just let's talk about the the Mexican people. You
1: know, that's that, I was so surprised when we went in
0: country help how. how
1: Oh, the food's great, by the way. The tacos were great. We, I brought my own food. I wasn't going to get sick, right? I brought my own food and water the first time. I'm like, I cannot get a stomach virus here. We went to one taco stand. I never touched the food I brought. We ate the same taco so. stand every day. It was like the food's phenomenal. The, whole and the team. people are great, but. When you're out there on the race course, you know, and you're, it's like the moon sometimes. You're, you're just desolate. You're, it's, it's an unknown environment. Sometimes you're on beaches along the ocean. Sometimes you're up in the mountains. Uh, but the Mexican people are part of the race. It's actually incredible how they come out and help you if you break down. We had a father son where you, you drop part of the the axle, and uh, you know, father son showed up out of nowhere in a pickup truck, yeah, you know, and, and helped us put this this car back together, if you will, and with with your tool bag and and the way then they follow us all the way back to the pit
0: so let's touch on a couple of things here so go for <laughs> it i tell stories
1: too go so go
0: so when we first got it's into country get interesting uh, sheriff opened his suitcase and we were uh, bunking in the same room and uh he has these ziplac baggies full of this gorp which is we right. don't know what gorp is it's basically nuts and raisins and dry cereal and stuff like that and one of the guys on the team who didn't know the sheriff goes, what's up with your boy, Barnsley? And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, he brought all this gorp. He goes, did they think they don't serve food here? And I go, I really don't know. <laughs> so he, he never ate one bit of the gorp once not he had once. the tacos. Done. There. My first taco, I was done. <laughs> and they cut
1: the meat right off. I mean, there's, it's not the most hygienic place, but, man, the food is good. And, uh, yeah, we're addicted. Now we go yeah. to some of the back of places Absolutely. in Mexico and eat tacos and have no problem. Have no problem with it. We never uh, got sick either.
0: Not once. Not once. Nope. Uh, but We the, came down this one ranch road and it's, it's getting dark. You know, we've been in the car a while and, uh, you know, the sheriff's saying, you know, 100 meters, you know, hard right, hard right, hard right, 100 meters, 50 meters. So we make this hard right between these two ranches. And we start to get on it. We hear a loud thud. So we grab the car into neutral, slam on the brakes. The sheriff goes, so what's wrong? I go, I think we just dropped the transmission. And he goes, well, can you fix it? And I go, I don't know. So we get out and look, and the drive axle's laying on the desert floor. And he goes, What happened? I go, The bolts fell out of it. The Literally. bolts had just rattled out of it. And he goes, um, What do you need? I said, I need the bolts. So the sheriff disappears. When I tell you into the darkness, there's no ambient light in Baja, there's no sheds, there's no street lights, there's no houses. So he disappears into the desert. Comes back twenty minutes holding these bolts he found in the dirt. <laughs> I was like a kid on a scavenger hunt. <laughs> it was either push this thing all the way back there, like I'm going to find these bolts, <laughs> and cars had already come
1: over and and, yeah. and you oh, know, yeah. beat down the track that yep. we had come on, and and uh, and that's where the father son came up, in yeah. a pickup truck out of nowhere because we got to hold the CV joint up, yes. try and get the bolts threaded back in, and and uh, you know they didn't speak a lick of English. No. Nope. And they were underneath that cart with us getting
0: all money. And they, it was just great people. Great
1: people. They're, there's. Cannot
0: they're, say that or emphasize that enough. Just unbelievable, down to earth, humble, hardworking yeah. people. Every single person we've met. I'm sure they got their bad seeds also, but the people we met were just gracious yeah, as it fantastic. gets. And, uh, and I, saw, I talked about marathon. This is a little more difficult than
1: marathon. It's it's, it's beyond that. And, uh, you know, you start to see things, right? And you know, sometimes <laughs> you see like an ox, you know, and, it's, uh, and then we argue for it. Was it white or a black ox? <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's some psychological, you know, reasoning yeah, behind know, that. No, oh, my God. We're seeing things that apparently weren't there or were different colors or we don't even know. Yeah, and, uh, we know
0: we avoided an ox. We're not sure what color, which direction yeah, it came from. It came we different. From, there was an ox somewhere in that Were story. You
2: hallucinating or <laughs> yes. sleep deprivation. Yeah. No, I there was, was an ox. Got. I think we both agreed. No, there, there was, was an, an ox. Okay,
1: we just don't know where it came from, where, when, we what color it. it was. But we <laughs> drove <laughs> around it. We drove around <laughs> something. <laughs> we're okay we're on the side of cliffs in a You're, four-wheel drive vehicle or a two-wheel drive vehicle yeah. that, that there's uh, no warning
2: signs for oxes no, in, uh, no. Uh, there's no in warning Mexico? signs we're,
1: at that one more war story we'll get over it we're and then we finally hit some hardball road it's like a they're highway one it's 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 the only <laughs> you know paved road and we're cruising <laughs> the sun's starting to come up we're beat tired and and i just see this one red cone like a traffic cone in the middle of the road like we're coming down and we're we're 70 miles an hour <laughs> in this thing and uh matt Cone, Matt Cone, and uh, so it was lucky he heard me. Slows down. It was a cliff. the The, the road had washed out <laughs> on a main highway, and they got one cone in the center I, road. There's other cars. This ain't closed for the Abaja. I mean, there's other clo- cars that travel to and from on this road. They you got one cone. Emphasize in the road. that enough. We would have been dead. Yes, easily dead. In
0: us. America, they would have had three dump trucks in front of it. Fourteen right. people Fourteen flagging, blasts. flashing lights. <laughs> right. An excavator, and the road closed for five miles. One in Baja, cone. Mexico, they have literally a 18-inch traffic cone in front of it, and that's it. There's a
1: drop 30 feet. So
0: cone bad. Cone yeah. is bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Slow
0: down. Ox is bad, too.
1: I don't know where it came from where it went. That's so. moving. It's a moving cone.
0: Yeah. I remember we got back to San Diego, and uh, the sheriff goes, oh, your bank just got robbed. I said, our bank got robbed? He goes, Yeah. So I called the chief and the chief said Are banking rob he goes yeah we're dealing with it right now and I think you guys ended up catching the guy but it was in San Diego it's funny because we're still you know obviously worried about what's going on here and but uh
2: well you know in Fairport we always get our
1: our suspects we try to uh, we try every to like every time a, yes
0: yeah <laughs> well, I thought you had
1: no crime That was uh, oh! just a second ago. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, the rare time that it happened sheriff you we get, get our man I yes. always get our yeah. man that's awesome <laughs> wow
0: wow Sheriff, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? Oh, that we're going to reverse this, huh? Yes. This, this isn't, isn't just about us. What, what about when you? I eight,
1: 18 hours in a car with him. I get a lot of questions. So what do you want to be when you grow up,
0: Sheriff? <laughs> He's still diverting the question. Are you running for another term, Sheriff?
1: Uh, absolutely. This is You're my are. fourth year. Absolutely. I love okay. my job. I, love, uh, I, I never joined uh, a new organization like this, and all the change that comes with new leaders, you, you don't want to do that for four years. It's too much change, right? It's too much culture change, too much... You put too much pressure on the organization than the, for a new guy or gal. But the other side of that is this is an elected position. And this is truly why there's an elected sheriff and why our New York state constitution is so brilliant is the lead law enforcement officer should be elected because you're directly accountable to the people. And if they don't like what you're doing, they don't like your policies, procedures, they don't like how your police officers are acting or your jails run, they boot you out. And there's no political process as far as you, know, you work for a board or anything like that. It's the people. And I think that's so essential. So, you know, my job is on. Uh, you know, I'm on probation all the time. That's how I look at it. And, and you can never get comfortable because you get booted out. Uh, and that's the way it should be. Um,
0: see, so the elections in November. Is it This November. It is this November. My
1: okay. campaign manager. <laughs> well, you know,
0: I heard there might be a spot open, so I'm thinking about leaving. <laughs> Maybe we can
1: segue into that, <laughs> Chief. I'm sorry, you're leaving. Chief. <laughs> I didn't
2: hope see that one coming. Hope his okay. evaluation I, is done. <laughs> We're going to reevaluate as a
1: Those were gone years we're go ago. To
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is where we're going to sit down. I thought we were going to, you know, gang up on the chief and say, "Chief, you're probably wondering why we asked you here today." <laughs> I thought it, it was an intervention. Around, I <laughs> wasn't sure. why. The way he had me positioned at the table, I was scared. You're good. We're going to gang up on the chief. <laughs> it was all my notes. ahead. get, get, Farina. <laughs> get me. Stand in line. <laughs> right. Right. Six years old today, huh?
2: Six years. Oh, he's six years old. He's been
1: six years old since September. So. Oh, okay. I thought you said yeah. today was his birthday. He did. No, no, no,
0: no. He did? He said today was his birthday.
1: Oh, I was going to sing happy birthday.
0: No, not for uh, Not for my son. No? Oh.
1: No. We famous can roll friends. back the tape. They're famous. Right
0: well, let's do famous friends. Uh, yeah, you wanted go. to famous share a song with me because yeah. I got famous friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm told. Has anyone ever heard the, the song <laughs> Famous Friends by Kane Brown and Chris Young? Because it talks about who? talks about
1: the high sheriff.
0: So tune in when you get to hear this song My body brand holds a record. of what does it say Season touch down
1: Oh, Sergeant Batonos a song too. He's here singing. All right. I gotta catch up with current events. I don't uh, I haven't heard that song before. My kids are gonna yell at me when I get home. That's awesome. Uh, good stuff. All right, so this, uh, you're my famous friends. I just wanted to finish up with that, that uh, Beautiful. the famous friends. Honored for that. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. We uh finish up with the uh the podcast with uh the no Miranda zone where you have no rights of, of silence here. You must answer the questions cause I'm the sheriff. And, uh, so with that, I just throw a couple questions out. You feel free to banter back and forth or answer them any way you want. We'll start out with a real easy one. Uh, you're going on vacation. I think I know the answer to both these. So, but I'm, I'm going to, you're going on vacation. Where, you know, is it a beach or mountains? Where are we going first, chief? I'm going you're, to a beach. You're going to the beach? Absolutely. I, that was right. One for one. Barnes, I know the answer. You're going to the beach or the mountains?
0: So, I came from the mountains my last vacation, but I'm going to the beach this what? vacation to nice. dive. So, <laughs> no, are you really? I, I like the mountains. Oh, I forgot the scuba end of it. Yeah, you're so a water I guy. like to dive. So, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a, I'm heading there next. And then obviously back to the mountains in Baja in November. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah, Baja, November. Oh, yes. I forgot. Yes. I forgot. You better not forget. Might We're not like going to get conflict. very far. Yeah. Hey, we got the ringer this year. We brought an engineer. Yeah, we, that's right. We that's finally right. brought some brains to the program. Yes, yes. Enough brawn.
0: Kevin Baxter. I don't know if you've heard that name. A guy we picked up on the west side of Rochester. Uh, side <laughs> of Rochester he was He's He is joining us this year as a co-driver slash navigator. So, so we really we're going to have someone with us that has a degree in physics, or just a Baxter that knows something. <laughs> 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 Oof. Yeah. You know. Let me dial Mary Baxter. <laughs> <laughs> You guys got something
1: to talk about? That was a shock. Forgot the rest of the questions. Just because he went to MCC
2: for four years, don't give him a hard time.
1: You got the eight-year degree from that uh, <laughs> university. It was, it
2: was a social <laughs> diploma. What else, what else you have? So Matt,
1: what do you like to do? I I am not even gonna answer this question. But yeah. uh, what do you like to do besides build baja cars and uh, and, and do police work? What, what What's your hobbies? What? Yeah, uh, you know, what's your day? If you're, yeah,
0: I'm an outdoors guy. You yeah. know, I like hunting and uh, and fishing and uh, stuff like that. But I'm always the last. You know, decade we've been involved with Baja trying to do that. So we've been pretty focused pretty on focused. that right now. You know,
1: you want to talk about any of those team members you picked up along the way? You want to tell the Gary story? I always think the Gary. We yes. ain't got time for this, but I love <laughs> the Gary story.
0: So when I was getting into Baja, it was time to start picking a team, and uh, you know, obviously here in New York. No one even knows how to spell Baja. Where am I going to find team members? So. First person that came to mind was this guy named Todd Baxter. And I'm like, well, let me call him real quick. So uh, I called him literally at 1130 at night. And he goes, hey, you want to do Baja? And he, he actually texts me and he, and he goes, what's Baja? And I said, just Google Baja 1000. I said, don't let Mary watch it. Call me back. <laughs> so literally, <laughs> I kid you not, like 20 minutes later, he texts me. It's like 1130, 12 o'clock at night. And he goes, I'm in. And I go, no, I'm serious. I need to know if you're in or out. Or you can't tell me you're in, but I need to plan. So and he goes, I'm in. And I go, okay. So, Simple but uh it. There was a guy by the name of Gary Walker and John Bosch here locally that did uh, Baja on bikes, on dirt bikes, uh, which is a totally different race right. on bikes. But, uh, you know, uh, so I tried to reach out to this Gary Walker guy. I didn't know who he was. Found out uh, his number. Uh, I called him. Uh, basically, long story short, you know, Gary, my name is Matt Barnes. You know, like sit down sometimes. Oh, I, I can't talk right now. So the guy hung up on me. So I'm like, <laughs> this guy's a tool bag, you know, thinking, <laughs> right? So... I found out where he worked. He worked at a local dealership. He's a mechanic. I drove down to the dealership uh, about lunch, hoping to catch him at his lunchtime. And I said, Hey, are you Gary? He goes, Yeah. He goes, My name's Matt Barnes. I said, I called you a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Gary never stopped walking across the shop floor. I said, I wonder if I could sit down sometime. He goes, Not right now. I'm busy. And just kept walking. I'm like, This guy's a jerk. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm thinking of myself. So, I make a long story short, set up a, a lunch meeting with him. And uh, he brought a guy by the name of John Bosch, and, uh uh they brought a guy by the name of Jeff Bellis who's yeah, still on the yeah. team and you know kind of snowballed from there so we picked up uh, a couple of guys locally and we pick up a couple of guys every year from California as, as the sheriff knows great guys out great there guys, Travis Dutemple yeah. and Trevor Anderson and those guys so and, and that's pretty cool that's that's your personality
1: where you can recruit people into you know we pick up people every time <laughs> we do this trip we picked up yeah you know Travis yeah right and, yeah absolutely that's incredible the guy's done it and won it you know that's that's pretty cool, and. Um, but Gary and John having the experience here in Rochester, New York have done the Baja before, Yeah, you know, and then to join the team, uh, great assets. Yeah.
0: And they yeah. bowed out this year. So we got a, kind of a new team. It's going to be Bellis, uh, Jeff Bellis, yeah. myself, the sheriff, uh, Jeff Rich from waste management, uh, incorporation, uh, is joining the team. Kevin Baxter, as we mentioned, yep. guy by the name of Brian Green, uh, is a local IT guy. He's yeah. going to do, uh, great things for, for us, um, in Baja. So, uh. We, we've got two other people in mind and mentioned, but uh, we can't seem to get them to commit yet, so we'll see. We'll yeah, talk it's, about it's, that it's a Thursday. Commitment.
1: It really is. Either you're 100% in or you're out. And, yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's 100% commitment. Chief. You guys. Chief, bucket list. What's your bucket list? What, what do you want to do? If you had one thing you wanted to do and...
2: Do you know what I just did? Uh, I just uh, bought myself a 1968 you did not. Mustang, Mustang know that. Convertible. Oh. Cherry Red. Really? And now I'm dabbling with getting that up and running. And uh, took uh, my son, my 27 year old son, out uh, this week. Went out cruising around. So and it's it road ready now. You're ready. Road ready. I yeah. uh, just oh, put wow. a new top on it. Doing some adjustments here and there. But it's, it's wow.
1: it brings back some fond memories yeah. of uh, being a kid. Yeah, mine's a '76 Camaro. I got to get that car. My first car. Got to get one again someday in the future. Someday. <laughs> Good for you. What's that? <laughs> oh, Ford guy down there? No. What? I have one. You do. A 76 Camaro, Matthew? You got a, a Louvers yeah. in the back window? Uh,
0: that I know. <laughs> Tell us more, Sharon. Tell us more. <laughs> you got to call Mary again. <laughs> Does the guy uh, drive up you know, to have confession.
1: a mullet? A mullet. So. I heard that. I'm going to wrap up the show with that right there. <laughs> I was with some famous friends, but they've since left. Guys, I don't think we talked about anything we wanted to do, but uh, it's my great banter back and forth with you guys. Got nothing uh, accomplished, Got nothing. So appreciate you guys. Appreciate what you do for the Village of Fairport. I know they're well-policed out there by a very professional organization. and uh, it's just great to have friends like you in, in this tough, tough job. Sometimes, but more, uh, more importantly, a great service attitude that we're all here for it—the right reasons. And I think the, yep. the community again seen on this podcast who's behind that badge. Thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, Thanks for you. having us. All right, have a good day. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.